Welcome to the New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today I'll be interviewing Dennis Hashi. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So, Dennis, I know you recently moved. Uh, you had a big move. Um, and you're able to enjoy cycling uh, a lot now as well. How have things been going for you so far? Excellent. I couldn't ask for better. We, uh, we moved to uh, Vancouver. My wife's uh, family is over here, and she's been wanting to come up this way for quite a while. So we decided to make the move. I sold my business. And... Uh, being a cyclist, uh, this is really uh, what you would call a piece of heaven for cycling. <laughs> so, so how's the weather there right now this time of year? It's June. Is the weather warm or still cool? It's uh, perfect. We're, we're talking, it would be around 70 in Celsius here, about 20. Uh, when we first arrived in November in Vancouver, there's a lot of rain. Uh, but now, like, they'd be... Some days where there would be uh, a good amount uh, rain-wise, where we're not used to that, where I came from in Atlantic Canada. As the time progressed, it got better and better, and now it's just uh, incredible. Wow. I know, uh, you know, we've been dealing with the whole world has been dealing with COVID over the last year, year and a half, possibly, um, and there's been a lot of things going on with people being forced to be quarantined, being away from family and making that big adjustment. And there have been mental health issues, uh, you know, popping up that was already there. But people just have been so busy doing things, making themselves busy and not really feeling and experience life. Uh, you were you've been working on something. Uh, tell us about your forum. Um, basically, uh, Maurice, the COVID has been what you would call the stress test, the same way they would do for, let's say you take a piece of wood and you bend it until it cracks. There's always been a stress for some people and the COVID really pushed it to the limit. And uh, interesting enough, uh, I'm working on a project where I want to have uh, a domain called Alone on Mars. And it's somewhat just a way to discuss uh, what would you do if you were on Mars? First of all, you wouldn't have to eat. And second, you could bring something, but it can't be alive. It can't be a pet, a person, or a plant. So it could be a musical instrument. It could be a book. Whatever you would like to bring, it could be a, a paint and a easel and to, to, to paint something while you're there. And... It's very interesting, the response I get when I ask people. Some people say, yes, a year would be no problem whatsoever. And some other people say, well, I couldn't take it for more than two weeks. And if you look at the COVID period right now, it's the exact same thing. We, it's not 100%, but sometimes we have a feeling like we're alone on Mars. So it's a, it's a, it's a good gauge. And in doing that test, basically... Uh, the default should be that you should be comfortable for a year because it means you're comfortable in your own skin. And that's your specialty, so you understand that real well. 
Yes. So, um, what was was COVID the catalyst that uh, you know really made you uh, begin creating this? No, actually, uh, before that, because I wrote my first book, Mind to Mind Conversation, and the second book is going to be about inner joy. And one of the basic ingredients, or if you want to call it a foundation for inner joy, is to be able to be comfortable with yourself. Until you reach that level, uh, in just about every case, you cannot have inner joy. And if you don't have inner joy, the if you want to call it the band-aid, is distraction. Uh, technologies, uh, being busy, uh, always working. So those are the distractor that keeps you from thinking uh, and just being you. So are there any ways that people could begin to change that uh, dependence on outside stimuli that you've uh, uh, noticed uh, or you know come up with there's 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 a thousand different reasons why uh, we can't stay still with ourselves and I I believe that the first thing is to make the decision and to make it the primary goal to discover why and we could probably have a hundred podcasts on this for a different uh, reason uh, why a person is not comfortable. But I think if we start with the goal and to start reading about it and either uh, talk to professional uh, in order to find out what the reason is. And, and Maurice, like you, you probably know, I always find that life is uh, we come to life as an unfinished puzzle. And the goal is to put as many pieces as you can leave. And some of the pieces that are missing are from multi-generation that's been passed down. So lack of confidence could be that your grandfather had lack of confidence and passed it off to your parents and then passed it up to you. And the goal is to put that piece of the puzzle in again and the more complete the puzzle is, the more comfortable you are when you're alone. Mm-hmm. Wow, self-discovery. So how would you, uh, I guess, how would you describe or define inner joy? Because that is so easy to reach outside of us when we begin feeling a certain way um, and thinking that's going to solve problems but the truth is our outside experience is the canvas that we are projecting onto from the inside. Every experience, physical experience we're having is a result of the inside dialogue, the subconscious mind we're impressing on every single environment that we enter into because of that is our experience. Correct. And the, uh, I have three books that I'm writing. Uh, the first one that I wrote is uh, 
how to set goals and make money because I think when uh, in this life, especially in North America, the last thing we should worry about is to make money. Uh, so this first book, uh, Mind to Mind Conversation, is about that. And the second book, I was going to write it based on happiness. And a real good friend of mine said, uh, you got to look at it at a different angle and it has to be joy. And as you know, the reason behind that is happiness is really uh, dependent on outside uh, events. So, for example... Uh, let's say you drive your car uh, in a parking lot at a mall and it's a it's a new car you just bought it a month ago it's really shiny and you're still very excited about it and somebody comes by or a shopping cart comes over and hits it you're very upset then you walk in the mall and you had bought a lottery ticket and you just check it out and you win five million dollars so all of a sudden now you're extremely happy but if you really look at it you didn't lose a finger you didn't nobody really hurt you physically it was all mental where you go from a deep uh some people would be anger uh whatever feeling you would have internally and then you win the lottery and obviously the five million overshadows the dent in the car and now you're really happy so what he said he says you really have to go on the side of joy where it doesn't really matter. And the way he explained it to me, he says, I could go to a friend's funeral. And obviously, I'm sad that he has departed from this world. However, internally, I can still be joyful and think of the great time we had. And it could be a moment of sadness. But internally, you can still be joyful. So the anchor would be to always be in a positive uh atmosphere if you want to look at it and the second thing is the happiness side of things it you're never satisfied so you always want more that's how we're wired where with inner joy there's no limit so you can always be totally satisfied so if someone someone right now say for instance let's do give an example so someone right now who doesn't feel that inner joy they're complaining on the inside they're constantly murmuring and people who they interact with in their everyday life uh they're spewing this same thing and it causes people to kind of repel uh from them and not want to spend as much time with them because they're just in this negative state. How can that person begin to move from that state? Because we know all shifts begin in the mind, a mentality and a movement there. Uh, so what can they begin doing right now if they're in that state? Since this would probably be a situation that's been out there for a long time, as an individual, you need to almost take a certain amount of time to reflect and acknowledge the situation. There's a saying, none is so blind as the one who will not see. So as you know, there's a situation where you can talk about something that you clearly know it's a fact and the person will deny it. And yeah. If they don't see it, 
the chances of any changes is uh, is very minimum. And the sad part is it robs you from your life because if the cup is always half empty, uh, it's more or less walking with an internal prison in your mind, uh, taking away all the beautiful surrounding. And uh, the again, the only way to remove yourself from that is to acknowledge and want to change. And, and I think that's probably the biggest hurdle if you want. Yeah, the ability to want to change. So we all must get to that point that we want to change. So you mentioned uh, there are three different categories. Uh, is it with your books? Yes. So the first one was uh, to make money. And, uh, and it, it clearly defines in the book that money is not everything. As a matter of fact, your health and your friends and money becomes last. But if you can't afford to pay your bill and your top of mind uh, thought every day is that you can't be into, uh, if you want to, a harmonious or, or a, a relaxed state. So that's the first thing that should be addressed. The second book is Inner Joy. And the last book will be uh, Leaving the Planet, Being Happy with what you've given back, being content with what you've done. Uh, I, I believe myself that leaving this planet should not be a thing of, of being scared. It should not be something of being uh, uh, worried about. It, I would be more worried about what have you've done with your living days on the planet rather than what happens when you get on the other side. So what inspired you to, you know, come up with these three categories of books? A lot of reading over the years and just trying to see what would be the core uh, values that I'd like to share out there. And um, I came up for the number three, and I don't know if it comes from uh, meditation and getting messages. I, I have no idea why, but it's very clear to me that that's what uh, the course that I want to go with. And it can take a lot of time. The first book took me 10 years to gather information. Uh, a lot of it is in my mind. And eventually I put it on paper in different chapters. And right now I would say the second book on joy is probably going to take about a, a year. I have a, a good concept in mind, but it still takes a while. And uh, yeah. Wow. So it sounds like you don't mind researching because it takes you a, a while to gather this information. It's, I, I feel that if I write something, I feel the responsibility to the reader to have the proper knowledge and also to have a way of writing it that would give the best um, result to the reader. Um, and part of it, if you want to look at joy, let's, let's just give it an example. Mm -hmm. You could have somebody that owns a, a yacht that's uh, 200 feet long and very miserable and sometimes probably thinks of tying a brick around their leg and jumping. And then you can have, have somebody in a small inflatable boat 
at the same age and just having a time of their life. It, it's drastic. And, and I'm not saying that a person should not own these belongings because I, I truly believe that if you own a boat like that, you could be grateful that you hired uh, somebody to build it. You hired an engineer to design it. You hired people in a trade to put it together. The real issue is that even when you have all that, you're still not joyful. And once you can reach a point where you would be joyful in the inflatable boat, then you would be joyful in the 200 foot boat, or you might decide at that time that that's not what you want anymore because you don't want to show the world, look, this is what I have. But for some other people, they do. And I, and I think both sides are great. Uh, I'll give an example that was quite interesting during COVID. Uh, Oprah uh, Winfrey wrote a, an article where she's worth close to $3 billion today. Mm. And during COVID, uh, probably a memorable time with Stedman uh, was doing a puzzle with him. Now, I'll assume, let's say a puzzle is at the most $20. When you think about it, somebody that almost has $3 billion and has a memorable moment in her life by doing a puzzle, by sharing time uh, with Stepman, if you just think about that whole concept, and that's basically the second book. That, that's, the, that's the core of, of, the, of the second book. Wow. Yeah. Just, wow. It's definitely a mind shift. That's, that's for sure. It sounds like um, for people, of course, for people who are resistant and you can't, you know, really convey a message to them because they're in that mental prison. They have, have to decide to get out of that mental prison. But for people who are willing, they're just stuck in this uh, non-joyous state of mind. Wow. Uh, what can they begin doing um, next since they have a willingness what can they begin doing to begin that shift exactly um, again to 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 recognize it and I'm also very uh, uh, aware if you look at the travel in this industry or entertainment uh, music it's it's very challenging because all of a sudden your income is pretty well nailed so you have a, a point, I, I guess if you want to look at it is, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a second book, but obviously when I move, I traveled across the country, uh, sold my business, uh, got into a different uh, type of work when I arrived here. For six months, there was no way that I could even think about writing the book. And it's only been about a month where my mindset is shifting again. However, uh, if, you, if you look at it uh, in uh, the scope of a lifetime, it's a small period. And even for somebody that's having issues with the COVID period and have these type of challenges, you just got to go through it. But once you've gone through that, uh, that wall, if you want to, it's imperative that you start looking at how you can gain this inner joy. Because the difference of how you would see things and how you would approach things would be totally different 
when you're in a state of inner joy because the surrounding doesn't affect you. However, as you know, when you're into a state of crisis, it's like uh, in a business where you have a plan A and B that's planned before the crisis happened because it's harder to make decision when uh, you're under a lot of pressure. Uh, so, gotcha. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> when I think of inner joy, I think of, I think of this abiding uh, feeling and presence within the person versus uh, people seeking happiness as far as it's fleeting, as far as doing something that's pleasurable for right now. And then I have to keep recreating that every five minutes or every hour or so to be at peace. But that inner joy is something that could be more it sounds like it's more abiding with you having that state of mind and constantly uh being in that state exactly and we actually come across people that are like that where they uh play at their own beat uh they don't really get bothered what what are other people say so in your circle of friend or people that you've come across they're they're fairly easy to identify they're they're living in their own world. They're content. Uh, they don't need any outside stimulus to keep them, uh, if you want the word, happy. And it's quite remarkable. And, and it's also fairly difficult because it's like Steve Jobs with the remotes where he says, uh, simplicity is complexity. And really to reach the inner joy, I would look at it like a remote that has 40 buttons versus an Apple remote that has a couple and you can still do all the same functions. It's how do you get to that simplified remote without needing to have the likes on Facebook, without needing to have comments coming from your friends or without needing to have uh, a, a particular brand that you wear in order to feel comfortable. There, there's nothing wrong with wearing a brand however if you need that to define you that's a very different thing yeah i was i was just thinking about you know growing up as a kid wanting the latest uh shoes the latest uh clothes that was popular at the time and not realizing i'm searching for something outside that i could give myself from the inside um, and that's the development that each human being must uh, come to. So uh, it's sad when an adult, you know, 30, 20, 30, 40 years old, and they're still reaching outside for that joy. They still need the validation of the new clothes, the new whatever, versus and not saying, like you said, not saying that you shouldn't have it. You should, but it shouldn't have you. That's exactly. different. You know? it's, a, it's like a business. Owning a business, the business should work for you. You should not work for it. However, that's easier said than done. And you have to put the effort to figure out how can my business work for me versus me working for it. And let's face it, like, as far as outer stimulus for happiness, I would say we're probably in an era in our lifetime right now 
where we probably have as much stimulus available as you can ever think. We can pretty well go across the globe overnight. We can go to all the entertainment that we could ever think of. We can get all the stimuli from happiness, from your phone. You could be in the forest and still be watching a movie on the phone. Your cars have the ultimate comfort. It's as quiet as you can get. It's got the uh, stereo system. If you get the right one, that's just like being in an orchestra. And still, the level of joy is not there. So that alone should show uh, that it's not the solution. And to me, the way I look at it is like Thanksgiving, where you have a turkey. Let's say you have a 15-pound a, a turkey, and, and you eat this turkey for the next week and a half. You know what? The first time you ate it, it was really good. But when you get towards the end of it, you're getting sick of it. And, and if you get too much stimuli, you get sick. And the next thing you know, you get depressed. And that's why there's people 16 years old uh, that uh, are on antidepressant because they can't take it. And it's because there's a constant need of stimuli that becomes very tiring and um, doesn't bring you to fulfillment. There, there's a saying that says that if you became the king or the queen of the earth, your next goal naturally would be to become the king or queen of the moon. So we have an infinite appetite for the external stimuli. And if you're on that mode, there's no way that you can ever satisfy yourself. And the same thing goes that if you're not happy with what you have today, the chances are what you'll have tomorrow or next year is not gonna bring you happiness. Yeah, because I was just thinking while you were talking, um, I have like three different streaming platforms that I pay for monthly, you know, to see movies and different things. But, you know, it, it doesn't cost much. So, you know, you just keep it going and going. And I was like, I really watch this stuff. And before I had it, I wanted to get access to it. I just had to have it. <laughs> and I I was watching uh, uh, something that uh, an app that was totally free and I was like I'm watching something free right now and the things that I pay for I'm not I rarely watch it I was yeah. like this is crazy we we don't really need the things that we think we need exactly well I, I came from a pretty big home in Atlantic Canada and moved to a place way smaller and when I look back, there's really nothing that I miss that I got rid of. And I'm, I'm very uh, mechanical. I used to repair watches and uh, do mechanics and build stuff. So whatever I, when I was home, I could always do something. There was just never any end. But at the end of the day, if you really, really think about it, when you go on vacation or travel for work and you arrive in a hotel with a carry-on suitcase, that's it. You just have a carry-on. We usually have running shoes and some gym equipment and two or three pair of pants and shirts. When I really look at it, probably the most uh, relaxing, calming period is when I'm there because there's nothing to... Uh, sort, there's nothing to clean, there's nothing to fix, there's nothing, it's simplicity. Uh, the same as when I think, this, this might sound a little funny, but 
if I go to a dentist and I have to wait for my appointment, because you go in early, but sometimes they can be late 15, 20 minutes. That's probably some of my most peaceful time during my busy uh, working hours. So you think about it when you're sitting somewhere waiting, you're kind of forced not to do anything because within 30 seconds, you could be called to go in. And I look at it and I say, you know what? That's the ultimate of peace and calmness. And, and, and if a person can replicate that along with the internal joy, that's pretty well the key uh, to, to, to being happy or joyful if you want to. Yes, and being able to be in that present moment and not cause it to be an uncomfortable moment. That's because, right. Because you can just easily begin complaining too. Oh, well, you know, they're supposed to be on time. If I was late, they would cancel my appointment and get into that negative state. And you don't have no inner joy. But if you just use the time, be in the present moment and use the time, it becomes more beneficial, just like you said, you it, you turn it to a peaceful time instead of a tormenting time. That's right, exactly. So it's it's interesting, and we only have a short time on this planet. It's uh, there's no rehearsal; you have one shot. Mm. And this the second thing I'm working on now too, and that's that's quite a challenge, is to slow down time. So. They did a study with uh, monks where they would shock them and then they would shock another individual that's somebody off the street. And what they found is after you're shocked a few times, uh, you become used to it. So the excitement in your brain, the stimuli stops. Hmm. But for the monk, it's the same every time. So if you go back when you were a kid, let's say you were 10 years old and your parents would drive for 15 minutes. It felt like forever. <laughs> and now I'll go get some milk for 15 minutes and back. And sometime I forgot how I got there and back. Yeah. And the whole thing is when you have the exact same repetition that you've experienced over the years, your brain will erase that. And therefore, the time speeds up. And if a person is able to slow down the time, uh, we could, while we live, let's say, to the age of 78 or 82, based on the average age, and somebody is 40, you could possibly double or triple your amount of time that you actually live. So people talk about longevity, but... If your week is blank, uh, does that really increase your life? Uh, Sometimes it doesn't. When you look at it, if your week looks like it was a blink versus being very full and very uh, uh, enjoyable, slowing that down is very precious. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're really tasting life. You're experiencing life. Um, I've said this before, like when you are in a peaceful state and have that state of inner joy, like when you were a kid, it seems like when I became an adult at a a period of time, when I was a kid, I could hear the birds. Mm -hmm. The sun seemed like like it shined a little brighter 
And then as an adult, I didn't hear the birds, although they were still chirping. But it was because I was in a different state of mind and really not enjoying and really experiencing life because things are happening for us. I mean, but we just have to slow down, as you're saying, when we slow down and really taste it, it becomes more even more enjoyable. It's we have to activate the stimuli. Uh, Ellen Keller, there's a beautiful movie, by the way, if you want to see something that's Ellen Keller or life. So she couldn't see here uh or talk and one day she was communicating with a friend and her friend said she went for a walk and when she got back ellen keller asked her uh, how was the walk she saw just the regular walk and ellen keller got back to her and says it's funny i can't see here or talk but yet when i go for a walk i see more than you wow (laughs) yeah so The stimuli here, if you think about it, take, for example, Braille in an elevator. You put your finger on it and you think, how could I ever figure out how to read this? Let alone when you touch it, you can feel that this is a certain symbol. However, if you became blind in a year, you would be able to probably read Braille. So it's a matter of reactivating just the same as listening for the birds uh, actually by doing that you would actually also increase your listening skill when you talk to people right because all of a sudden this this uh this side of of the audible would increase right across a different plane so it's doable but you have to focus on it and you have to work on it and what I talk about slowing down time, uh, I'm hoping that I'm able to do this in my lifetime. It's not something that you can just start tomorrow morning and say, I'm going to slow it down. It's something that you have to meditate and be able to recognize things as being new every day. Wow, that's great. That's definitely great information. Inner joy and slowing down time. It's, wow, very important. So... What's your one to grow on? What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? Um, I was, when I was about 10 years old, like through our life, there's something that you have seen or heard that really stuck with you. And one time I was walking by a television and there was a movie and I just got a snip of it. And this, this, person was talking to another individual and he said people will do anything not to die for example if you you're drowning or you're into a situation quicksand or whatever the case is they will do anything not to die and right after that he says yet they'll do everything not to live Hmm. and that really kind of summarizes the second book which is to really be immersed in life, enjoy it. And once you can enjoy it, if you can slow it down, that's even uh, a bonus, correct?
Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.